0: Well, good morning. How's everybody this morning? What a wonderful time of worship together. I was so encouraged hearing you sing to the Lord, especially as we talk through this encounter series about an encounter with God. It's really an awesome thing to explore, to, to understand why we come here on Sundays and what we're doing when we talk about encountering God. And we've been talking the last few weeks about singing and what I've loved to see is that you guys have responded in your voices. Even in this weird season with masks on and all this stuff, you're responding to the Lord because our singing, as we've heard the last few weeks, engages our hearts and allows us to experience God in a real way. Today, we're going to turn the page and kind of talk about a different topic. We're going to talk about hearing the voice of God. How do we hear God? A living encounter And as we start this morning, what I draw your attention to is the the power of words. Think for a second in your life, especially in this season where maybe you've not been able to travel as much, about people in your life that you find valuable when you get to hear their voice. Think about that for a second. I know today it's harder because we have cell phones, we have social media, we've got ability to connect with people around the world more than ever. But think about for a second, those people you don't get to talk to maybe as much that you find valuable. Or if you don't experience this, perhaps you might wanna think about a loved one that is gone. Someone that has passed that you miss dearly. Um, As I was thinking about the power of hearing someone's voice, I thought about recently in my life, I've spent time digitizing my parents' old VHS and DVDs that we had from home movies. You guys got some of those? Um, Well, I've kind of, with my technical prowess, have spent the last year of my life trying to digitize these so that we have them digitally available through the cloud because I know it's harder and harder to find VHS players, right? And so I've spent a lot of time trying to get these home movies, these memories that I find dear, to the cloud and digitize. And why do I do that? Well, because even for me, as I watch... These home movies, I, I get to hear my grandmother's voice, right? That passed away years ago in my life. Or my great Aunt Dean. And I get to hear their voices when I watch these DVDs. We just had a family member pass this last year. That's a core part of my family. And I get to see him as a young man. And hear his voice as he's walking around the Thanksgiving table in these home movies. And as I, as I did this in my life, I realized, man, there's a great power Not just when you text, not just when you email or read a post on social media. There's great power in hearing someone's voice. And today what I'd like for you to see, if you'll start turning to Nehemiah chapter 8, I'd like for you to see that there is great power in an encounter with God when we hear from his voice. And so today we're going to see how we do that. We're going to talk about God's word and why it's proclaimed in worship and why it's important for our lives. And for some of you, this needs to be a great reminder. And for some of you, it may be the first time you've explored why does a pastor even stand up here and proclaim the word of God in worship as a part of our encounter? Nehemiah 8 is a great passage to reflect this. There are plenty of passages talking about the importance of God's word. But I think today you're going to see, if you've never seen this passage, I think it's going to blow your mind at this encounter with God's word from his people. So if you would, if you're there, stand with me and let's read together. Nehemiah chapter 8. We'll start in verse 1 there. And it says this. And all the people gathered as one man into the square before the water gate. And they told Ezra, the scribe, to bring the book of the law of Moses that the Lord had commanded Israel. So Ezra, the priest, brought the law before the assembly, both man and woman, and all who could understand what they heard on the first day of the seventh month. And he read it facing the square before the water gate from early morning. Now y'all hear this for a second. From early morning until midday. How many of you guys want to start... 6 a.m. and be here, you know, through about noon or so today, right? He read it from early morning until midday in the presence of all the men and women and those who could understand. And the ears of all the people were attentive to the book of the law. And Ezra the scribe stood on a wooden platform that they had made for the purpose. And beside him stood Matadiah, Shema, Ananiah, Uriah, Hilkiah, and Masaiah on the right hand. And Pedadiah, Mishael, Malkazah, Hashem, Hashbaradah, Zechariah, and Meshulam. Y'all like that a lot? That's real impressive, I know. Um, On his left hand, a bunch of great Old Testament names, right? And Ezra opened the book in the sight of all the people. For he was above all the people. And he opened it, and uh, all the people stood as he opened it. And Ezra blessed the Lord, the great God. And all the people answered, Amen, Amen, lifting up their hands. And they bowed their heads and worshipped the Lord with their faces to the ground. And all these other guys, I'm not going to give you a whole other list of names, right? Helped the people understand the law while the people remained in their places. And they read from the book, from the law of God, clearly. And they gave sense to it. So that the people understood what they were reading. Let's pray together. God, thank you so much for this passage and this great picture. One moment in Israel's history where they came before your word and they worship and encountered you in a very real way. God, I pray that today we would see the power of hearing your voice. Encountering you by hearing from you. And God, we would use this to motivate our lives to pursue hearing from you with all that we have. And it's in Jesus' name we pray today. Amen. Amen. You can be seated. All right. So you see, here in this moment in Israel's history, what has happened is, you guys may have heard of Nehemiah. Nehemiah has been rebuilding the wall around Jerusalem. And they get to this moment upon completion. They're not fully done with the city, but they've encountered a milestone in building the wall. And, you know, if you know anything about why Israel was destroyed, it's because the people of God, through their ups and downs, eventually becomes destroyed and exiled from Jerusalem, from Israel. Because they had walked away from this book of the law that you heard them reading in this moment. So it's really interesting to me as we come to this moment because the people of God upon dispersion from their people, from their country, from the promised land that God had given them recognized very quickly the importance of what God had said. Because they saw the devastation upon not listening to the voice of God. And so we get to this moment where God has brought them back together and not everybody's back. This is the remnant that's left in Jerusalem. But upon completion of the law, they decided, let's start out this rebuilding effort in the right way by coming back to the most important thing that God has given us. And that is his word. So let's celebrate his word. And you see this, this emotional response before the proclamation of God's word. I mean, I don't know about you, but I haven't been in many churches, including this one, where after Pastor Michael's done preaching, you all got on your faces and bowed down and worshiped God. Have you? You've been in many churches where that's happened? It doesn't happen very often, and I'm not saying it should. What I am saying, though, is that we do take for granted perhaps the importance Of encountering the word of God. And so with that I wrote down a life lesson to help us guide our time together as we explore this text this morning. And I wrote this down this week as I was reading this passage and reflecting on encountering and hearing God's voice. And I just wrote this down. God's word is more than a best-selling book. It is the almighty God providing all people an authentic living encounter with him. God's word is more than just a best-selling book, something for you to put on your shelves or for you to read a few times and then put away. But God's word, it's an authentic life-living encounter with him. When we come to this text, this word, whether it be in your personal life or whether it be this moment on Sunday mornings in a Bible study or group, when you approach God's word, what I want you to see is it is as good as as hearing that voice of that person or loved one that you long to hear. This is God's way in this broken world for us to encounter him. And it's so important that we realize that because I think if we're really honest with ourselves, God's word at times can seem just like a best-selling book, right? Like we know this, right? It's one of the best-selling things ever sold. But yet, we forget the times before the printing press The times where it was scarce to have God's word. You see in this text, the people had a scroll and in that scroll it had to be interpreted so that we understood it. There was a barrier to actually getting to God's word. And because there's not as many barriers today, I think sometimes we forget how important of an encounter it is when we approach the word of God. So today I want you to see that and in that I want you to take this text with me. I want us to walk through it and I want us to see for our lives... How do we continually encounter God as we approach his word? Because that's the series, Encountering God. How do we do that when it comes to reading the Bible, encountering his word? The first thing I wrote down is this, and this is from verse 1. You see that they all came around the book of the law, right? That Ezra told the scribe, the Ezra's scribe brought the book of the law of Moses that the Lord had commanded. They all came around. And I want you to see in that the first thing is this. God's word gives all people an encounter with Almighty God. God's word gives all people an encounter with Almighty God. I wrote down all people for a reason. God gave Israel the book of the law. And I'm going to go back in a second to Exodus where he gave it. But the people of Israel, if you'll remember, were put on this earth for all people to see who God was. They were established so that the whole world would know the Almighty God. The good news is that we have been given a gift. And this gift is not just exclusively for this church or for Christians. It has been given for the entire world to know that God is alive. That he's real. That he can work in amazing ways. It's a good gift to us. But so many times, and here in Israel what you see is because of their lack of faithfulness to God... They were destroyed. And why? Because they did not appreciate the gift of God's word that they were given. I wrote down as an illustration, um, you ever gotten a Christmas gift that you really didn't appreciate? I knew. Like, you ever got that weird piece of clothing from the great aunt or something, you know, that... uh, You know, you don't quite know why they gave you that, right? Um, You know, I'm not going to call out anything because we're on live streams. My family would hear this today. So I'm not going to actually give you a real life example from my life. But let me just say, I've been there. I understand. Um, Sometimes you appreciate maybe the gift, but you don't know why you got it. You ever gotten that kind of gift? It's interesting to me as I think about the gift of God's word. Even for us as Christians in the room, isn't it sometimes... We treat God's word kind of like that sweater you never wanted, where it ends up in the box, and I'm getting real with you for a second, in the closet, on the shelf, but it's never actually worn. But let me pose you another question. What if you were given a luxury vehicle today, worth about $80,000? What would you do then? What would that luxury Christmas gift that you've been given, how would it be treated Because let me go back to Exodus and show you the comparison. Exodus 24, if you want to write this down. If you want to turn there, feel free to. But in Exodus 24, starting in verse 9. We see the people of God actually getting this book of the law. And I just want to read this account for you. So you can see how special the book of the law was. I want you to understand. This is not just something that was written by some man. Look at what happens in Exodus 24. Then Moses and Aaron... Nahab and Abihu and 70 of the elders of Israel went up and they saw, listen to this, they saw the God of Israel. The elders went up and they saw God. And there was under his feet, as it were, pavement of sapphire stone, like the very heaven for clearness. And he did not lay his hand on the chief men of the people of Israel, which, you know, if you see God, supposed to die. God did not lay his hand on them. They beheld God, and they ate and drank. And the Lord said to Moses, Come up to me on the mountain and wait there, and I will give you tables of stone, with the law and the commandment which I have written for their instruction. So Moses rose with his servant Joshua, and Moses went up into the mountain of God, and he said to the elders, Tarry here for us until we come to you again. And behold, Aaron and her are with you. Whoever has cause let them go to them. Then Moses went up to the mountain and the cloud covered the mountain and the glory of the Lord settled on Mount Sinai and the cloud covered it for six days. And on the seventh day, he called Moses out of the midst of the cloud. Now the appearance of the glory of the Lord was like a devouring fire on the top of the mountain in the sight of all the people of Israel. Moses entered that cloud and went up on the mountain and Moses was up on that mountain for 40 days and 40 nights This is how, what we see in Nehemiah, the book of the law, this is how it came to the people of Israel. Like, I don't know about you, but I haven't had that kind of encounter with God. I've not been in the midst of a cloud of fire. I'm not saying for your life that you should have that type of encounter. This is a once in a lifetime, God chose to step into the world and intervene and tell his people, this is who I am. And that is the same book of the law that sits on your shelves in these pages. It came by fire, by a cloud, by encounter, rare encounter of God and man. And God gave us a touch of him. His voice in the midst of a world that is broken. That is the Bible that you have today. So, as we talk about the word, I want you to realize first and foremost, it is a gift for all people. It's a gift for you. And it's not the sweater to be thrown in the closet. It's a gift of a luxury, something that is priceless, that you couldn't put a number on. More so than my fallen analogies, God has given you this great gift. The people chose in this moment where they took this moment in their time to pause the building of the wall, they chose two things that are important for us when it comes to God's word. The first is this, they chose to prioritize God's word, to elevate it in their lives. So many times I believe the reason we as Christians in Protestant churches, we struggle with God's word is because we don't want to get to be too religious. We don't want to set too many rules over our lives that we have to be at church every Sunday or God doesn't love you. You have to read your Bible every day or God doesn't love you. You know, all these different, we've seen the product of religion in our world. And we know that Jesus himself came to take out religion, dead religion. At the same time, I think what happens is because of that, if we're not careful though, we'll abuse the grace of God. The grace of God. Because God has given you grace for your life. He knows that you're fallen and broken. He has redeemed you, right? He knows we're messed up. He's not looking over you saying, you didn't read your Bible today, right? We know all these things. But if we're not careful, a failure to encounter God as Christians is an abuse of that great gift of grace. So instead of religion, I'm not offering you religion this morning when it comes to reading God's word. But I am asking the question, are you prioritizing it? So I'll give you the example with a marriage. I don't want you to just go through the motions in your marriage. But if you fail to talk with your spouse, do you have a marriage? Even if you stay in the marriage, do you really have a marriage? You see, you may want to relate to the church and be around Christianity... But dead religion can also be a failure to do anything with God's word, as much as it can be the pressure to have to achieve something for God. So, you see, you've got to be careful that in your pursuit of the grace of God, you don't forget the priority of God for your life. And we all need yearly, monthly reprioritizations of what we do. <laughs> I hope that's true for you. But like for me, I constantly in my life find a drift and I have to come back and say, what are my priorities for my family, for our finances? What are our priorities? And when it comes to our spiritual life, we constantly have to come back and evaluate and say, have I prioritized in this instance, encountering God through his word? Which leads into the second thing they did. They stopped what they were doing. They took the time for this moment. And if you read through Nehemiah, there wasn't much time. I, I wish I could take you through this whole book today. Obviously, we don't have that kind of time, unless y'all want to do the six a.m. To like tonight. We could do that, but if not, let me just give you a summary of it. They were constantly coming up against adversaries because people did not want them to rebuild this wall, and they really didn't have time to have a worship service to stop and do this. Even though the wall was finished, there was still work to be done, and they took. The time to stop, to prioritize the thing that would help them rebuild. Because, to see, the thing was not the wall. The actual thing that helped them rebuild the wall and beyond was that God desired this for his people. And they recognized that, in fact, if I want this to continue, Jerusalem to be rebuilt, it's not going to be about human effort. It's instead going to be about encountering God. I bring that up to show you, like for your lives, there's a lot of things that demand our time. I understand that. But your job's not going to get better just because you work hard. God is the one blessing your job. Your your marriage isn't going to get better just because you do a bunch of stuff. It takes time to engage with the God who has established you in your marriage. Your kids are not just going to act right because you do more things. It's the God that's over your family, that's going to guide your children. You see, you can try all you want to to cut God out by doing all these things, and you'll miss the foundation for your life. The people of Israel knew in this moment that the foundation for Israel coming back to Jerusalem was that they would turn their hearts back toward God. And I just want to encourage you, I don't know how you're struggling this morning, but I know this, even if you don't feel like you're getting the answers, time with God in his word. And yes, there's more than his word. There's prayer, there's music. We've talked about all these things, but prioritizing hearing from God, man, it sets the path for your life. So there's no greater priority for your life. And boy, if you're not making time for it, it is way more important than anything else you can dictate your time for. That's why things like church attendance are so important it's not religiosity. It's not that you should be here because God will love you more. It's because church attendance is almost like a, a small level of accountability. And you guys sitting in here, you know this. But you could go your whole week not encountering the Word of God, and that is not our goal for you here at the church. But if you do, you at least got Sunday morning to get you back to the Word of God. To me, the church attendance is like the baseline, not because God loves you more, but because coming here helps you encounter god in greater ways so remember the gift all right so you got this picture i hope you do you know sometimes with sermons i feel like people walk away like one thing if there's one thing just remember this bible is not the ugly christmas sweater that's the one thing like don't throw it away like the gift you don't want it is priceless it's been given to you by god but then let's walk into this next part because what i thought was interesting is in verses 2 and 3, you see this continued theme, and you also see it in verse 8. Throughout this whole experience, I thought it was really unique that it kept saying, you know, they went and they read it before men and women, but this phrase, and all could, who could understand what they heard. You see it again in verse 3. In the presence of men and women and those who could understand. The ears of all the people were attentive to the word of the Lord, the book of the law. And then in verse 8. They gave sense so that the people understood the reading. In verse 7, you got a bunch of guys that actually helped the people understand. A bunch of Levites that helped the people understand what they were reading. Here's what I, out of all that, this kind of throughout the passage. Here's what I, I thought really God kind of put on my heart for this part. God's word always brings about clarity for our lives. Understanding. He's going to let you, I know, like, I get that, like, one of the common reasons people don't read this is because it is difficult to read. You saw me go through the names, right? Like, good luck reading them, right? I've had a little bit of Hebrew, and I'm not even that good at it. And good luck sometimes in God's word, because you'll read things, you're going like, all right, I've read it. Pastor told me to read it. How in the world am I going to take anything out of that? Like, some are easy, right? Our favorite Bible verses, those are easy. But there are parts of the Bible that are really hard to understand. Here's the good news. God makes a way for all of us to understand his word. But the question is, do we have a deep desire to understand it? Because you see, the people had set up ways for everyone in the room to understand what was going on. And we as a church, for instance, we try to provide ways for you to better understand what's going on in God's Word. But here's the deal. Like, we can provide things all day long. But if you don't have a desire to understand more about what God is saying, just showing up at 6 a.m. on Friday morning trying to read His Word, sometimes you just can't get it. You have got to desire to walk a little bit deeper. Because, see, here's what I think has happened. We, as a generation have more access to reading God's word in our language, especially here in America, than ever before. I'm holding up a book today, but you can pull out your phone or your tablet and pull up any translation you want of God's word. Isn't that amazing? Technology is a beautiful thing. People, when they establish the printing press people were amazed because until that point you had to see the priest who had a scroll or had some copy written down you had scribes hand translating copying these things and not everyone had one technology is a beautiful thing because in that is given all of us access to God's word but what i think has happened is in that access we kind of have because we have access we've lost a passion to understand it we don't really pursue it Like, we pursue all kinds of things. Like, if you want to start a new hobby today, um, a few years, about 10 years ago now, I picked up golf. Like, I had to pursue it. I had to, like, look at things other than me just trying to get out there and swing a club. Why? Because I stunk at it. It wasn't good. It wasn't easy. Like, I wasn't natural. You may be the natural person in the room. I have never been that when it comes to sports. So what did I have to do? I had to go get some lessons. I had to see an instructor. I had to do all these things. Some of these things cost money to do. I had to devote some resource to it. But because I desired to understand that game a little bit better, that was all... Man, it didn't matter what time it took, resource, but as long as I had it, it didn't matter. I was going to pursue it. You ever been there in your life? You pursued something like that? I think where the barrier is for God's people sometimes is we don't, if we're honest really have a deep desire to go further, to go further, to understand God's word. And here is why as a Christian it's so important. I'm going to remind you of a passage, John 1. The reason we want to know God's word deeper is not because it's just hearing the voice of God, but because as a Christian, we've got to remember that this is not just the voice of God. John 1 describes this as Jesus Christ himself. You remember this, John 1, 14, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory, glory as only the son from the father, full as grace and truth. You see, Jesus came to this planet, died and rose again to fulfill all this in this book, to fulfill it all. And the reason we should have a deep passion for pursuing it is because in that we're pursuing Christ. We're learning more of who he is, and we're becoming more like him. So we have to desire to pursue it. But what the studies show is, in fact, in our country, that's not the case. I looked at some research. The most recent was in 2019 from Lifeway, which is our publishing arm of the Southern Baptist Convention. I looked at some research, and the most current research I could find still shows about one-third of Protestant. This just includes our little branch of Christianity, Protestant. Churchgoers, alright, so not Southern Baptists, but Protestant evangelical churchgoers, only one-third of it read the Bible daily in 2019. One-third would say they've read the Bible daily, alright? Those are churchgoers and Protestants, not the ones that aren't in the room every week, but say they are. This is people that came to church every week. In that... The the two things, what was funny is I wrote the first part of this sermon and the two things that were said in this survey that I saw, the two reasons they didn't is priority and time. (laughs) And I promise you, I'm not just like pastoring you there saying it all came together. It actually, I wrote that out and it said the top thing was prioritization of it. The second thing was they just don't find the time to read it daily. And I get it. Even as a pastor, life is busy. So what it shows is that we don't, as people, just gravitate toward deep desire of encountering God through his word. So what do we do to kind of fix that? Well, the first thing I wrote down is you have to create some rhythms in your life that help you engage in God's word. So I already gave you one rhythm. That's church going, right? Whether it be right now through COVID online or coming here, hearing pastor proclaim the word is a rhythm in your life. I kind of look at it as a minimum bar, but for some people, that is a bar that they have not achieved yet. It's just, hey, going to church, getting that rhythm down. Their lives are busy. I get it. No judgment. Like, that may be a rhythm. For some of you, maybe it is a morning routine of reading God's Word. For some of you in the room, you're going, that's pretty basic, Pastor. But for some, you're going, yeah, I've never achieved that. And so for you, it may just be creating that routine. Another way may be through the various groups we offer here. I'm not saying that just as the guy who does groups. The reason I've always believed in groups even when I came here is because I knew it's not the only way you grow deeper in God's Word, but is an avenue that can help you gain an understanding of God's Word. For some of you, it may be looking into other resources. Let me give you this. Right now, media that we have... Their Bible studies, Netflix for Bible studies, they're available to all of you for free. All you got to do is let the church office know that you want access to it provided. And it's a resource on your phone, your tablet, your television, if it's capable to watch great scholars teach you about God's word. Even if you can't make the time and any of these other things I'm talking about, like the church has resource for you to do this. That's what I want you to see. The question is, are you going to set up a rhythm for your life to get in it? A rhythm. Because here's the good thing about rhythms. Once you get into a rhythm, it's really hard to get out of a rhythm. But the problem with rhythms are, COVID's a good example. You break the rhythm, you kind of don't want to go back to the rhythm, right? Like, I don't know about you, but like the season of shutdown taught me a lot about my rhythms. And some of them I've intentionally not brought back because I saw there was no value in them. Some of them, I'm glad we're getting them back. Rhythms are really important for our lives, and and we all, if we acknowledge that there's a priority for God's word for our life, then we all must have some rhythm, not just about being around God's word, but actually diving into understanding God's word in a greater way. The second thing I want to mention briefly, and this is another kind of groups, but it comes outside of the church as well. You see in this passage that other people had to help them understand God's word. So what I want to express for you quickly is it may take other people that are a little bit farther along maybe in their understanding of God's word than you are. That's why we do groups is because there are leaders in this church that are helping people because they're just a little bit further on sometimes in the faith than maybe the people that are seeking God's word. That's not always the case, but they can help you understand things and that's why we have those things. But maybe you've got a friend outside this church or somebody in your life. I I don't really care if it's a church program or not. What I care about is are you, even no matter how far down the line you are in the Christian walk, who is pouring into you that's helping you understand God's word? And then the flip side is who are you helping? Who are you helping? If you're a person that you know a lot about this word, who are you helping? either in the church or outside in your life, who are you helping understand it in a greater way? Because you see here a generational thing. If we don't pass on in Nehemiah, if they don't pass on God's word and understanding of it, the next generation would do the same thing and steer away. That's why I love an easy target is our children, our teenagers, people that help them Man, I love those people. Because they take what they know and they try to help the next generation know God's word in amazing way we all have a part to play in this the question today is are you a part of some type of community that's helping you get a greater understanding of God's word back to the first point because it's important we've got to understand it and as we understand it the last thing is what we're going to see today as we understand God's word look at what happens in Nehemiah let me go back there This is just unique to me. That's why I read this passage. Look at verse 6. And Ezra blessed the Lord, the great God, and all the people answered, Amen, amen. You may have been a part of church that did that, right? You may have heard that before. But look at this. The reading of God's word, this is what the the response prompted. Lifting up their hands, bowing their heads, and falling to their faces on the ground. Here's the point. As we appreciate God's word and we encounter and understand it, It will always cause you to respond. God's word always calls for response. The response may be as simple as salvation. We know this in evangelical churches that, man, some people encounter God's word, and you may be in this room today, and you've never encountered Jesus. For the first response is to repent. Turn your life around, right? Turn it toward Jesus Christ. Acknowledge that you've messed up. And man, turn toward Jesus and then you're saved. But for the rest of us, what we fail to see sometimes is that God's word does not stop at just salvation in response. When we truly encounter it, it always will prompt a response. Sometimes it's emotional as you see here. This is an emotional response. This is why you heard them last week even talking about lifting up hands bowing down on your face things like that because sometimes we get into the church and when it comes to encountering God this is all we want to do and there's nothing wrong with that I've done this in church like it's not saying that your heart's not intended I'm not picking on you if you're currently sitting like this by the way like I'm not but if this is all that you respond and do or if it's this if your response is always passive I promise you there's a greater way Internal responses are not always the greatest thing. Like the reason sports in person are so much fun is why? Because of an external response. I'm not saying that you just have to start embracing all these things today. What I am saying is a tear in a moment in your personal devotional life is a response. A private closet moment where you're on your face before God is a response so maybe you are a person that you're introverted and this room is not the place where you want to always do that I'm just telling you that as you encounter God it's not just I read that I I checked my box today and then I move on his word requires a response I want to remind you in Acts 2 the early church when Peter preached it said now when they heard this they were cut to the heart And said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, brothers, what shall we do then? And Peter said to them, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit for the promises for you and for your children and all who are far off. Everyone whom the Lord our God calls to himself. And with many others words, he bore witness and continued to exhort him saying, save yourselves from this crooked generation. And those who received his word were baptized and they added about 3,000 souls that day. A great dynamic, another picture of a response. Not of music necessarily, we typically think about response with music, but just by encountering God's word. And what I want you to see there is for each and every one of us, the response is important. Because you see, one day what's going to happen is one day this life is going to be over. I don't know if it'll be because Jesus comes back. Just is over because he decides to bring us home. Maybe some of you have experienced that life being over for loved ones this year. It doesn't matter. One thing that's common about the human experience is that one day this life is going to be over no matter what part of the journey you're on. What's beautiful about that, if you know Jesus, if you believed and have been saved, as we just heard in that passage, is that one day, this will not be required to hear God. The rest of your life, you will be able, just as we saw in Exodus, to experience God as was always intended intended to in Genesis. God walking among Adam and Eve in the cool of the garden. It's coming for all of us. And one day, this book won't be the way we connect with God. But until that day comes, engaging in that book, hearing God in a real way, it's a taste of heaven. It's a taste of what life is meant to be. And I know, I know your stories, a lot of you, and I know that life is not always heaven. It's tough. I know just this week there's challenges, things that disappoint, things that hurt us in a real way. The only way that hurt turns to something different as a Christian is by tasting heaven, by encountering God through his word. I'm not trying today to set up any religiosity for your life. I'm really not. But I'm telling you this. If you will practice the importance of God's word as a gift, and you will pursue and spend the rest of your life allowing us as a church to help you understand what his word says, then you will respond. Whether it be through salvation, some of you are just exploring faith today and you're not even ready maybe today, you need to help and understand, we wanna help you. But for those of you who have, that have taken the step of faith, as you understand it will help you respond, become more like Christ, go deeper in a real way. So that when you encounter challenge, you still have a piece of heaven. When you encounter hardship, you still can see what God's doing. Because he's working, he's talking to us, he has given us his word. A lot of times, back to the title of the sermon, it's because we fail to hear him. We as people fail to hear him. We allow the barriers of this world to prevent us from hearing. So I don't know about you, but as I thought about my loved ones, as I thought about those home videos and hearing their voices, It just inspired me to fall more in love with the fact that I want my life, and I want this for you, I want my life to be spent trying to gain a taste of that voice from the Lord, trying to hear His voice. Because it's not always easy, it's not always evident, but you've not been left alone. We've been given a gift by God. And whether it be through some of these things taught today or others, methods that I haven't talked about, Spend your life pursuing not other things, but pursuing the voice of God. Let's pray together. I just want to take a moment with every head bowed and every eye closed. To allow you to process what you just heard. To respond to God. So I'd like for us to just take a moment without me even talking. I'm going to give you a few few minutes just to process, pray, talk with God, think about what you've heard. And what I would encourage you is what's one step this week you can take. Maybe for those that don't have faith, you haven't claimed Christ this room. Maybe it is a further conversation this week with a pastor or someone here at the church about faith. For you as Christians, maybe it's one practical step to hear the voice of God this week. Let's just take a minute here and just let you process. God, I thank you so much for your word, uh, the gift that it is. I thank you that you haven't left us here not knowing who you are. God, I thank you for sending Jesus who fulfilled your word, who came to fulfill the law. And God, I thank you for in a few weeks we get to celebrate Easter, Christ's death and resurrection, the power that's within that. I just want to pray for every person in this room, no matter how they're walking in this morning, God, I pray that you'd bring them a great taste of heaven, even in this moment as we've talked about it. God, I pray you'd help them in their pursuit of their value of your word. And God, I pray that you'd keep speaking to your people. I know you will, but I ask you to keep doing it until one day we get to be with you again. So thank you for that, God. Thank you for speaking to us. Just help us tune in to what you're saying. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I hope that's beneficial for you. Um, This encounter series really is about practical, pragmatic ways for you to encounter God. Understanding maybe why we do things the way we do, why we stand up here and preach, why we sing. We really want you to understand what it means for your life to encounter God. Hey, by the way, thanks for losing hours sleep. I know it's tough, right? Uh, thanks for getting to church anyway. You know, it's it's a, at least you got a beautiful day. But I, I did wake up this morning and the sun, it was like, where'd the sun go? I hope you enjoy it this afternoon as you have a little extra hour here. And thanks for continually supporting the church. We are so grateful for what God's done through 2020 into 2021. Um, it's because you, as the body of believers, you believe in Calvary. You believe in us as a staff team here. Um, like I said, to help you connect to things like God's word. That's why we do this stuff. It's not because we just want you busy. It's because we want to provide practical, pragmatic ways for you to connect. So continue to give, continue to support us. We, we really appreciate that. And if you have any question, man, uh, feel free to shoot any of the staff team a note. If it's about getting a group, I, I just want to give a quick plug. I know... Like, groups are mostly Zoom right now for a lot of them. I get that. Um, I get that we're still dealing with COVID in our world. I understand that. Uh, I'm grateful for what God's doing as he heals our land. But at the same time, don't forsake, just because of things like Zoom fatigue and things like that, don't forsake. Meeting together with others and getting in his word. So if you need any help with that, I'm always available to help you do that. Um, your kids, your students, there are things going on. I know it's a lot like normal. I get that a lot, man. When is this coming back or that? It, it probably won't be like it was, to be real honest with you. Um, I don't look at changes as challenging. I look at changes as a way for God to use us in this current situation. And so I don't have all the answers for you about what tomorrow looks like. What I can tell you is what we're doing today. I am so excited that in a few weeks, God willing, we get to have Easter in this building. We didn't last year. Y'all realize last year, like we weren't here. So like, instead of focusing on all the challenges, I get their challenges, man, just just be grateful for God's blessing. That's where I'm at in my life is God, I'm just so thankful that today I'm waking up and not just preaching the camera. And I love you people online. Love you to death. But I'm grateful that it's not just that today. Because that's what our reality was this time last year. And so continue to be grateful. Continue to plug in. Um, If you haven't checked out our Wednesday night series, Praying Through the Psalms, you've missed out. Just go back and look at that. The good thing about video, you can go watch it. It's been a great study through the Psalms. we were reading it daily together. So things like that on Wednesdays, we still have things. That's what I'm trying to show you this morning about God's word. There are things the church is doing to help you connect. And if you need us, we're here for you. So check those things out. But we love you to death. I pray that today as you leave, you'll prioritize God's word. You'll hear from him. And I pray that this week will be more of a touch of heaven in your life than anything else, like anything else the world can offer. So I pray you have an amazing week and we'll see you again real soon. Be blessed. Have a great day.